Welcome to Soupcast, coming to you from Archeo Soup Towers. By popular demand, we're taking selected videos from the Archeo Soup back catalogue and bringing them to you as convenient podcasts. As the name implies, with Archeo Soup, you get a bit of everything thrown into the pot archaeology, discussion, humour, and debate. You can find out more at archaeosoup.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our hearty helping of Archeo Soup. Hello guys, uh, today I'm making a very special Archeo chat. It's a four-way Archeo chat with uh, Tristan B from the An Archaeologist podcast, uh, our very own Reese Booth, um, just recently moved actually in his new house, and also Andy Brockman. And um, today, if you can't tell already, I'm wearing my Welsh rugby kit, I've got a Welsh flag behind me, um, we're actually revisiting the question of Celts and Celticism, um, because a couple of years ago I did a video asking what is a Celt and lots of people had questions but also seemed to misunderstand what it, what I was getting at so I thought we'd debate some of these issues today uh, and talk about them so um first of all um as a uh, as a fellow potential Celt I hate I hate it when people say that uh, Tristan um can you possibly just explain uh, what what is wrong with using the word Celt well Celts don't exist <laughs> you know, it, it, the thing about when we talk about Celts, it's not what we do know, but it's the vast amount of information that we don't know. I mean, to be absolutely honest, we've had barely, basically two sources that talk about Celts, but I mean, they talked about it in the terms of not from uh, Rome, not from Italy. and. That basically meant that, uh, well, we don't really know what we're talking about when we talk about Celts. But we have this lovely, romanticized, blue body paint kind of, uh, you know, uh, caricature of what Celts are. And that's what we're left with today. And um, I know quite a few people who wouldn't mind calling themselves Celts. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm polite enough not to say anything because ultimately, what's the point? Well, and, and you, this, this is actually where I often butt heads with, I suppose, with the real world. You know, as an archaeologist with this sort of long-term perspective, I do find myself going, no, no. Not wanting to be English is not the same as being from the Iron Age and fighting Romans. <laughs> like, but and that is not is that not surely possibly what this sort of quasi breaks down to? I mean, Andy, um, as an Englishman on this panel, as it were, um, do you feel that that lots of I suppose other identities in Britain um, often boil down to that sort of opposition to essentially saying, "Well, I'm not an I'm not an Englishman. I'm not a uh, you know I'm not from from London." This kind of thing. Interesting, you say that, Mark, and uh, hello, everyone. Um, you say that as an Englishman, uh, I'd ask the same question, what's an Englishman? Ah. I mean, just, I, I, I'm, I'm sat here in London, which is one of the most multicultural cities, certainly in, in, in the UK, if not Europe. Um, personal background, I've got family members on both sides of our family from Scotland and, and the island of Ireland. Um, my own family name, is, there's a hotspot in East Kent and another hotspot in the in the Celtic West in Cornwall. In fact, I once shared a flat with some Cornish guys who actually, the first question when they turned out that my name was Brockman was, oh, which part of Cornwall are you from? Mm. So, you know, it, it, 
which, to some extent, we all construct our own identities, don't we? Either as individuals or as groups, or, or even as you know, eventually as at the top of the pyramid as as nation states. And mm. very many different factors feed into that, including fashions. I, I, when you were talking about. Um, Paint, you know, paint for blue body paint by the, the, the image of you know Mel Gibson and you know a, 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 an American Australian uh, playing a, a Scotsman. They may take our lives. lives. Right. <laughs> um, Sprang to mind. I can't think why. <laughs> no, exactly. And actually, and again, I think, and that's the funny thing is, lots of people want and to a certain extent I think need to buy into that and even though that's an anachronism um, that is to say that the warriors at the time weren't using woad as far as we can tell to paint, to paint their faces blue um, again it's that, it's that kind of romantic idea of Scottishness and in turn Pictishness and yet ironically enough today's Scottish culture, today's Scottish accent has an awful lot more to do with having been under the rule of Norway in the Middle Ages than it does have to do with being linked with the Picts. Now I know that that's controversial to say, but I'm not. I'm not trying to dismiss modern Celtic culture. I'm very proud of, of my modern Celtic culture. But I, I, uh, what frustrates me personally is this idea that that, that you can only be one thing. Um, yeah, and and more to the point, the idea that there are these sort of these pure brands, as it were, these strands of genetic lovely jelly that's just come down, and some people have have the jelly, and other people don't, and. For many people out there, for example, in America, in uh, in Australia, in Europe, Cornwall. What's Cornwall? That's not Celtic. Ireland and Scotland. In fact, frankly, Wales. Many people. I've never once heard an American say, "Hey, I'm I'm one eighth Welsh." It just doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, what do you well, think? There's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, what 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 do you think, um, Reese? I mean, uh, being being a guy from from over there, from away from all this. I mean, you often find these this need even for just just for these nuanced identities to be bizarre. I mean, what what, what do you reckon about all this? Right. Well, um, I'm supposed to start off with to answer Andy's question. What is an Englishman? It's uh, somebody who shit at sport. My qualification to even talk on this topic, and I'm sure there's a lot of people going, "What? What does an Australian do?" Uh, I'll just flash that up. That's mine, really quickly. Um, there. So, okay. So to the next point straight away. Uh, the thing that I've noticed about speaking to people from Britain is that it's not just divides between Scotland, Ireland, Wales and England. It's as if, um, and I'm going to use this term broadly, um, people from Britain, if they could divide themselves up into smaller categories and then smaller again, they would. You know, it, it, if they're from a town that's less than uh, two or three kilometres down the road, um, you would try and differentiate yourself from them somehow. And I have to say, it is the only place that I've ever heard of people attempting this. Well, actually, it it's funny you should say that. There's a town in the northeast called Ashington where you can tell what street someone's been brought up on because they very deliberately keep the accents different from street to street. I'm not joking, really. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but, and no, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, no, I'm from so-and-so street. What are you talking about? Well, you sound like you're from Ashington. Oh. Um, but that's, that, and that's exactly, I suppose, what I'm getting at is that, is, yes, that is a very real 
British need and to a certain extent human need. Lots of people seem to want to feel as though they're from a certain place and to, to reinforce that. But I suppose what I, what again, what frustrates me is this idea that, that this desire is then mapped back onto the past to create a sort of a pan-European Celtic oneness, an identity which was the same across Europe. And yet if you look at the, what is now places which have, say, bog, uh, bog burials, Celtic artwork, trade with the Mediterranean, so on and so forth, they're, they're, they're in places that are as far flung as Eastern Europe, the top of Scotland, uh, Iberia, even North Africa. Um, these different sort of, uh, in terms of trade, that is, sorry, but these different areas um, are today incredibly diverse. I, you know, you would never get someone from, from Eastern Europe saying, oh, yes, I'm exactly the same as someone from Britain, because yeah. culturally they're not. I mean, yes, we all wear T-shirts and we all maybe drink Coca-Cola and we all do this kind of thing, but it doesn't mean that we're the, that we're the same. Um, I mean, I don't know. Who wants to who wants to pick up on that? I'll, 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 take, I'll take... Oh, sorry, Andy, go ahead. Go ahead. You, 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 you go first. <laughs> as, uh, as somebody who uh, is out there on the, uh, on the, on the, on the Celtic fringes you've got more uh, direct rights to this than I have done. Oh. <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere yes even though it's got better internet connection than you too Exactly. I said I do live in the, I do live eight miles from the centre of London. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, fair, there is um, there's a lot to actually pick up on this. I think number one, I completely get what uh, Mark is saying about um, the base of the streets, like having different accents. Because even in the town I came from, which is about forty thousand people, which I grew up in, you know, you can tell where whereabouts that person came from just by the way they talk. And um, actually, I think, you know, the need to self-identify, which we've, you know, already talked about, is very strong. And I, I don't think there's a problem with self-identifying. No, no. But I think the thing is that in the past, there seems to be a lot of gaps. There's a lot of gaps in terms of what we know. And a lot of the time, people want to create a narrative. They want to create a story. And the problem is that, well, when we reduce the pieces of the past that we do know, down to quite in simple terms, if we say, well, look, we got this kind of stuff from all over Europe, you know, and we're not very specific, then, you know, it's obvious that people are going to draw lines where they aren't there and you know, see ley lines. And, you know, this is, this is what's happened is that people, A, want to self-identify, B, they want to feel a connection to the past, and, you know, they, they, and uh, ultimately, it leads to them saying, well, you know what, I've got Celtic blood. But I think at the end of the day, if people want to say that, you know, go ahead, say it. But the thing is, as long as they know what they're saying is a little bit, a little bit kind of like, uh, maybe not 100% true, then I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's a problem. You well, know, no, I mean, I mean, Viking or Celt, if they want to, but as long as they know that may not be 100% right. Yeah, and, and, well, and they can, you can say that, but, uh, again, but again, I always find it interesting the way that people always hone in on the cooler places and the cooler times, you know, kind of like Scandinavians, they never say, oh, I'm a, I'm a peasant farmer. No, no, I'm a Viking. Um, <laughs> but, nobody says the Roman. No, no one claims that they're Roman. Apart from, well, no, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 okay, okay, who, who claims, oh, I've got Roman heritage? Nobody! Well, I was going to say, that's the thing, though, as well, is that um, what we see about this uh, pan-Celtic uh, Iron Age culture is that a lot of it's transported from France, modern-day France, into Britain. And none, you don't see any Irish or Scots saying, oh, we, we, we 
originally come from France. You know, it, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, you can't say that. But um, it's true. If you follow the archaeology, uh, if you follow the material culture, um, you do find that a lot of um, the the Celtic uh, cultural material culture does come from the east, travels west. Not, you know, it wasn't always there. That's That's, you know... Um, purely from what I've read. Yeah, yeah, and again, that speaks that speaks to even uh, even sharper than that. I think, Reese. Um, I mean, uh, we talked about you know, giving current uh, national labels to to, to this. Um, you know, are all Celts in fact Swiss? Um, given the uh, the late villages and Latin and Holstein and all those other um, places that were the types and the type sites, the kind of culture we're talking about. Um, I, I, think, I think the other thing we have to bear in mind is, is that we create the archaeology and the history for the times we live in. Yeah. Um, and I think we, we mustn't forget, and it's been pointed out by people like Simon James and, 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 and various others who've looked at this topic and tried to open up the discussion in the way that we're having this morning, that the modern sense of Celticness actually comes from the Enlightenment. It comes from the 18th century. It comes from the growth of cultural studies, language studies, antiquarianism, mm-hmm. and the development of modern nation states where, again, there was that sense that people wanted to self-identify. And one of the areas that they looked on were the, you know, those wonderful, rich cultural histories that are in the... You know, the um, you know, uh, Finn McCall and Cahullin in, in, in the island of Ireland or the Mabinogi uh, you know, the, the Mabinogi island in Wales and Tacitus' description of the stand of the Caledonia against the Romans in, 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 in Scotland um, yeah, and, and those then informed the way that the discussion of the identity developed. And actually, it's funny you should say that, Andy. I happen to have a book here uh, by Simon James, my favourite book on the Celts, Exploring the World of the Celts. It's got lots of pictures. I like picture books. But um, crucially, as with many books on the Celts, it spends its first little portion essentially apologising for using the term Celt in a bla- as a blanket, as a very useful blanket, but not less as a blanket, uh, and also trying, to, and then the whole book essentially well the first third of the book essentially tries to explain why it is that we have this understanding of Celts um I don't know it, it's it's I just find it so interesting the way that 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 that, that that's then mapped onto their being people with like a genetic Celticness I mean what would a Celtic gene look like like a battered haggis I don't know I mean no, no. <laughs> it's like a tartan double helix a <laughs> tartan double helix <laughs> nice <laughs> well I mean to be absolutely fair like the genetics in well, Europe, in your in genetics in Europe are so mixed up. This is what this was what bothers me about all this bloody talk about immigration. Yeah. I'm like, guys, you're not even a hundred percent British nope. by your own definition. Nope. Well, like, come on, like seriously, you've got so much French in you. You might as well be wearing a white flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but again, you see, we keep on using 
national stereotypes is yeah. to describe this is exactly what we're talking about you'd say saying the french wear white white flags like berets and croissants and things um actually a croissant talk that's something i'd like to see someone wearing um <laughs> like, <laughs> instead of a, a gold talk but but actually no on that on that front i mean um, you're right i mean on the the what is a celt video someone actually said well by your definition then there's no such thing as an englishman and I said, you're right, there's not. There's the English culture, and that's that's a real thing, but the people in it have a diverse genetic background. I mean... The thing is that, for me, it's about self-identity, and if somebody wants to say they're an Englishman, they can be an Englishman. That's fine. You know, go ahead. Yeah. But I think that there's also mediation. You know, like... So, I was, I was born in Germany, right? And I went over to Northern Ireland when I was four years old. And that means that I had a lot of weird kind of influences on my identity. Like currently I'd say when I'm in Scotland, I kind of say, yeah, I'm Northern Irish and all this, you know, because, you know, most people will be like, yeah, yeah, no, he's Northern Irish and that's okay. We've established the link, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm back home, people are like, oh, you don't, you don't sound very Northern Irish. Where are you, where are you from? And that's a very dangerous question in Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> that one. But yeah. I mean, like when I came, first came to Northern Ireland, you know, the kids at school, they would, you know, tease me about being German, but um, for a weird thing, I sounded really English. Mm, mm. So when I was telling people that I was, in fact, German, they wouldn't believe me for some reason. <laughs> and, and you see, this is the thing that the people couldn't understand how it was that I had an English accent, but yeah, I was from Germany and I was living in Northern Ireland and people, you know, that, that really... Well, people still stuck to the whole German things. They didn't want to accuse you of having a culture that was uh, stolen. Oh! Hey! <laughs> Festive cakes! <laughs> Just so they could all, all say that they had a German friend then. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, well, if they were trying to make a German friend, they were going around the wrong way by doing it. Yeah, well, yeah. indeed, yeah. indeed. For me now, I, like, I'd say I'm pretty, pretty European, you know? I've had a German passport before. I've got uh, I've got a UK passport now. I could get an Irish one if I wanted to. Uh, yada yada yada. You know, because it, to me, my identity is on my terms, mm. and that's why I, I like. And you know, I don't mind switching identities up a bit. You know, because I'm a bit of everything. But this this is the thing. You know, at the end of the day, if identity is self-made. It's your your identity is then self-made and then mediated. You know, because if I said. If I said to uh, Mark, if I said, I'm a Welshman, um, Mark would look at me and go, what the f*** are you? <laughs> Seriously, you think you're Welsh? What? What makes you think that? You know, because I have to mediate, I have to convince my audience that I am the identity I claim to be. And I think this is with the Celts, it's about basically putting an identity forward and then hoping that nobody has enough knowledge to refute it. Yeah. Mm, mm. So you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm Celtic Germanic. Hey, indeed. Well, actually, and and and, and is that is that really where where everyone needs to try and meet in the middle? This idea that, and that that's actually, to be honest, where I was trying, what I was trying to do with that previous video was to essentially say it's okay to say I am 
X, Y, or Z. But I would encourage you all to have a nuanced understanding of the fact that it's not that simple. I mean, it, it, but, the, but I suppose the question is, though, I mean, this morning, actually, Tristan, you shared with me before we started filming yeah. a link that was just good. This is kind of going, so all the English, like, are they like German? And did the Germans, like, go over to England? Is that, is that where they came from? Um, or, or, or are the English actually still Celtic? And, um, and it, it, that's, that, I suppose the problem is, is that we're never going to escape these questions which are asked using assumptions which are flawed um and in that sense actually are we just fighting a losing battle there's almost no point in talking about these nuances because because talking about i mean for some people say even though boudicca is very famous for some people still around that part of the world today and um, they wouldn't dream of calling themselves celtic they are English now. Um, are we just, are we, it's just like a losing battle. Should we just accept people can say what they want, they can think what they want. The past is always created in the present. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. There's two different things there. Right, Andy, you go first. <laughs> well, oh, that oh, is oh, not cool. <laughs> the past is created in the present, and people making these terrible assumptions about nuance. Those are two different things. Um, I'm going to let Andy go first because I have to think about how to make a sensible retort rather than an angry, emotional one. <laughs> Andy, the, the, the one... Um, the one I was going to respond to is, is, is particularly that the past is made in the present. I, I think it's not the past is made in the present, it is a past is made in the present. And, it, and the past is made in the present has all sorts of other pasts feeding into it. Um, and I think, you know, if we're going to take the long view as archaeologists, and I think we should, and I think that's what we should share when we're debating these issues with the various audiences that we have. Um, just take okay, t take Northwest Europe. We're dealing basically with, um, apart from more recent um, groups who come from other parts of the planet, we all share. Um, but we're dealing with a core genetic population which moved into Northwest Europe at the end of the most recent glacial. Those mm -hmm. um, are the Celts. So to try and tie. The, that population to a particular material culture that begins in Central Europe and Switzerland and Southern Germany in the, you know, 800 before Common Era. And, and, and we end up just on an ever-decreasing circle of um, definition and caveat. Mm. I think it, we, just have, we have to accept in the end that we're... A, the, the, the human story is a, a wonderful, fabulous, complex continuum mm. of, 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 of influences and developing material cultures and developing spiritual and academic cultures and so on. And what we have to do is try and take as, as best we can a, a knowledge-based, evidence-based overview of those things and then apply those things to our own lives in a way that is interesting and constructive and I would argue hopefully not exclusive so that it sets one group of society against another. Mm. And in that sense actually I suppose you're right it's that sort of 
a post-Gordon Child kind of linking cultures with material um, sort of idea in, the, in so much as culture, material culture rises and falls. Ways of writing, ways of making pots, ways of building houses, they come and go, but the genes flow through them. So the genes which, which did, yes, no doubt, undoubtedly have something to do with the culture that we call Latin, which is the artistic style that many people attribute to being the most popular Celtic style. Yeah. Um, that's, they didn't just come out of the ground and go start making lovely curly designs. That's come from somewhere else. Um, anyway, Tristan, are you, are you ready with your retort? I'd say, you know, Andy summed it pretty well, which I really love the fact that uh, Andy and I seem to be on quite a similar wavelength. I mean, it is about, you know, we create, the past is most definitely created in the present by the present for the present. Mm. And us as archaeologists, we have to always be aware that we make the past in the present for the future. <laughs> those three Great always, Scott! <laughs> those, are the, those are the things that are always going to be in our heads. Yeah. You know, whether it's the fact that you know our our techniques are getting better and better, and therefore our greatest understanding of the past is in the future. Mm. So we have to always be ready to play between all of these things, and we have to re readily realize that well, we may not be completely right, but I think there's a, there's a growing there's something here that I want to just briefly touch on, and that's the rising sense of nationalism in mm, mm. and I think we as archaeologists need to start you know digging our heels in and say guys you're full of it yeah seriously and be because ultimately nationalism is the extreme version of what we're talking about here and people saying I've got Celtish blood nationalism is basically saying that there's an authenticity to this person's genetic or you know kind of geographical heritage and in fact that's completely wrong mm -hmm. and i don't think it's people on the street who say i'm got Celtic blood that we should really be trying to uh, you know grapple with it's the people who try and say that because they were born in a country because their parents were that from that country that they're somehow better and that everybody who isn't from that country or has parents from that country should be i and i think that's who we should be targeting when we're talking about the real physical, evidence, knowledge-based past, mm. because they're the biggest threat right now to European democracy. I mean, I don't know if you saw last night, there was um, recent, uh, like an election and somebody from UK got voted into uh, as an MP. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, second it's, MP. it's a worrying trend. And like, I just, I just think that this is, you know, nationalism is something I stand against. I'm an anti-nationalist. I'm very proud anti-nationalist. And uh, I, I just think that, you know, we, we have to start engaging with people who take this kind of message of uh, a nation state unified by geography mm. and uh, twisting the message and making it into something hateful. And I think we need to take them on. I don't know what you guys think. Do you guys think I'm a bit strong or what do you think? <laughs> well, actually, I'll, I'll, I want to hear what Reese says about that, but just in a moment, and just for a second, I just want to acknowledge, I know now I feel really guilty. I'm sat here in front of a Welsh flag. I think that's, that's that, to me, that's, um, that's like patriotism as opposed to nationalism. Yes. You know, and, and, I, I don't no, maybe I've got the words mixed up. Now, well, bringing it back to 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 to, to that that point, I suppose, and applying it to what we've been talking about this morning. Um, I suppose I'd like to round it by saying, absolutely. I mean, uh, pluralism is is welcome. In fact, on again on that previous Celt video, pluralism is more than welcome. Um, it's just that question of of I suppose as you've just been pointing on uh, or touching on, some opinions are 
more nuanced because they take into account more facts and more ideas and more um, more of a willingness to actually question oneself uh, and and i suppose so long as people are willing to just think about the fact that actually the past is complicated and the present is complicated just as complicated as the present is sorry then uh, you're more than welcome to, to say what you want about your identity so long as you're thinking about it and that, i guess that's all i was getting at with that what is a kelp video is is um it's complicated and and that applies to the tudors it applies to the romans it applies to the victorians it applies to 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 ashington and you know, <laughs> like it, all this stuff is complex, and um, and just saying I am X is it's just not good enough. It shouldn't be good enough, even you know, for you, for me, for anyone. Uh, and I suppose um, the ideal that we try and hold here at the Archaeo Super Towers is that we're, we're, we're happy to encourage mellow discussion, um, uh, but just try and try and ex uh, try and think about. The, the complexities that, that, that we're trying to touch on here. And uh, we're not trying to offend you, we're just trying to talk about this stuff openly and in a way that actually many people don't want to. So I think, I think and actually, uh, as we've already touched on in, the, in this discussion, I think that's one of the greatest things that archeology span has to offer the modern world is this petri dish of human history uh, with which to actually question what it is to be a human being. But uh, finally, I'd just like to say uh, thank you so much for, to you guys for turning up. And uh, do you want to just have a very brief final comment each? I'm just glad I'm not an Englishman. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, um, I, I, I'd agree with Tristan. I'm thank Christ I'm not an Englishman. Otherwise, I'd lose it all. Sport, sports. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, this, this isn't this isn't the healthy humanist approach we've just been talking about, guys. Okay, finally, Andy. Don't enjoy someone else's grief, um, as uh, even our family are rugby fans. Um, but um, no. Uh, the, 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 the point I'll say, it, it, it will go back to the, just the comment about discussion, actually. And I think, uh, and I'm speaking here as somebody who researches archaeology in political terms and subjects uh, like planning and government interaction and so on with um, archaeology and heritage. And my rule of thumb working on these things is if there are things that people don't want you to discuss, that's the best reason for discussing them. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again, guys, for your time. And as ever, you guys out there, please do comment below. Please do discuss below, but do keep it civil. And until next time, as ever, take care. Bye-bye. Just, I was just trying to make sure everything was um, everything was ready. Mmm, <laughs> arse biscuits. Mmm. Um, I might have to put that on the end of this video as a. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what? Stop my some arse biscuits. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Come on. Right. We're here. We're here. We're here to. We're here to talk. Be serious. Okay. Right. Okay. Cool.